When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of the Insert Name FC podcast. Um, obviously, you guys can tell my voice is a little, little raspy, and that's because of just this crazy ass weekend of soccer that has happened. Uh, with me this time, Edward is actually unfortunately still working because um, actually recording this early in the day. It's Memorial Day. Obviously, this episode drops on Friday, so you guys don't care about that. But it's Memorial Day, so I'm off. Um, Edward's not, but we got we got the super sub coming in. Uh, the super sub, you know, everyone's favorite member from High Low Sports. Sorry, DJ. Um, the the head of marketing for for Belly of Sports now, you know, just gets from just finds random titles and we just go ahead and give it to this guy. Uh, it's our good friend Kelsey. But by the way, we, we gave you a shout out last episode. Props to you guys and Belly Up with what you guys done with the uh, North Louisiana Football League. I know you guys did a lot of work to cover that, and uh, and obviously you guys got to cover the, the championship game, even though. From from what I saw, I saw like from halftime before we recorded our episode, and it looked like a blowout. So, um, not so much of a final, but hey, let's just say the last three finals I've watched Liverpool play in have been more exciting than the NLFA final uh, championship game was. Um, And those were those were all not fun for me to watch. But yeah, it's Kelsey. It's Kelsey of the high low sports bag. (laughs) Nah, man, what's up? It's it's glad to be here. Uh, If you guys hear a little sadness in my voice, it's because well, yeah, like Hector alluded to it was a wild weekend in in the soccer world with the Champions League final and uh, uh Liverpool did it to me again. Yeah man we'll we'll definitely talk about it. Um I'm in debt and um and I also lost my voice. So that that's that's my reality because <laughs> <laughs> my 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 dumb ass thought that Newcastle was gonna get relegated. I don't know why. You know maybe the 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 influxation of a of billion euros should have been the big giveaway that it, they were gonna they were gonna stay somehow. Uh, but you know, uh, like I told Edward, I, I put my nuts on the table and, uh, and unfortunately I got hit with a hammer. So <laughs> there's, 
Man, hey, look, I got to give credit where where it belongs. Though Newcastle, uh, they did the, they did their work to get to keep themselves up. I don't know how they managed it at the end of the day. Uh, that was about as honestly the complete opposite of what we just talked about blowouts in a championship game. Newcastle was doing absolutely everything they could to to fight and claw their way into the to stay in the Premier League, and that was. That was honestly more fun than watching the championship battle. And that, I mean, I actually was invested in the championship battle. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Also, congratulations to Nottingham back in the, the Premier League. It's always funny, the, the random team that, that has a champion, has two Champions League trophies. Um, and, and they weren't even in the Premier League anymore, but now they're back. Um, now there's going to be three American goalkeepers in, in the English Premier League with Ethan Horvath with Nottingham. Obviously, Zach Seven, who we're not entirely sure what his future is going to be looking like, but obviously still with Man City and um, and Matt Turner all going over to Arsenal, which I don't know if he's going to be able to maybe can compete with Aaron Ramsdale, but I think Ramsdale's done such an amazing job or your favorite word, phenomenal. Um, oh, fantastic. Has done such a fantastic job fantastic. and uh, over there. So, and he's made me eat my words about him too. So, but yeah, an amazing. It's going to be exciting this summer just because of all this. It should be a, a World Cup summer, but obviously we're going to get that in the fall. But World Cup winter, World <laughs> Cup summer, same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got the same temperatures it would in the summer, anyways. Yeah. So we, we've talked too much about Qatar at this point. Like, it's just <laughs> good God. But, uh, but yeah, so we got a big, uh, big episode ahead of you guys. We got some headlines that we got to talk about. A very funny debate topic um, that I'm pretty sure me and Kelsey are probably on the same page for. Uh, we're going to end up recapping the Liga Mekis final because um, that happened as well this weekend. Finally going to touch up on the Conference League. I'm sure all you Conference League fans want us to, to tell you all about the Conference League, even though I'm very happy about the result of the Conference League. Oh, yeah. Not for like serious reasons, just pure for comedy. Um, <laughs> the Europa League final, we'll touch up on that. And of course, the Champions League final that uh, if you're a Liverpool fan, you 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 probably don't want to talk about it. And then obviously they've all accepted it by now. Announce our players of the week. And then this coming weekend, man, we got uh, the, the coveted Nations League for CONCACAF and UEFA and some interesting uh, World Cup qualifiers. Actually, we're going to find out who the U.S. is going to play in the group stages. That, that extra team that we still haven't heard yet officially who is going to be that team. We'll find out then. Um, and of course, we got some really highly, so some some highlighted high friendlies that you should be looking into, but that's going to be the episode. No three up, three down this week. Uh, once again, uh, so we'll go ahead, or maybe Kelsey can go. Kelsey will come up with an prop two, three up, three down. And we'll. And there's we'll no jerseys to talk about yet, so I don't know. We we can't. They haven't released the uh, the World Cup jerseys since it's a Winter World Cup yet. Yeah, it's funny. Italy dropped their jerseys, and it's just like, why? Yeah. <laughs> well, this Italy dropped their jerseys, and it's like, well. That's just a disappointment, Italy. Like, <laughs> yeah, <sighs> exactly. So we're going to go ahead and take a break and then we'll get going with, with headlines. Hector, are you listening to music? No, I am not listening to music. I'm listening to my audiobook on Audible. What's Audible? Audible allows you to listen to a large library of audiobooks at your convenience. What if I'm not sure about Audible? Well, you can start a 30-day free trial when you use the link audibletrial.com slash insertnamefcpodcast. Not only do you get the experience of Audible, but you'll also be supporting insertnamefc. I'm going to start my free trial right now. 
All right, we're back. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. There's no more jersey giveaway, but uh, you know, be nice if you follow us. So maybe maybe we'll do another jersey giveaway at some point. Or maybe I'll and maybe I'll keep doing this a thing. Too. Maybe I'll just keep doing this a thing where I just keep making bets with myself and and lose horribly. Um, well, we'll you see know, about. You know that. what you should do next season? You should pick the bottom. You should just go ahead and pick three teams that you predict to be relegated and if any one of those three teams do not get relegated you give away their jersey so instead of just one next year you give you give three chances for a jersey giveaway it's funny though because i had so many people asking me like so are you giving away a newcastle jersey and i'm like maybe i should have specified but then obviously <laughs> if you listen to the podcast you would know what, what yeah. was going on but uh but hey you know what? we're not here to judge but what's been constantly being talked about since you know the, the war between russia and and Ukraine has started, has been Chelsea's situation, which obviously Abramovich, a very, very well-influenced Russian, um, ends up losing his club of Chelsea and is forced to sell the club, except he can't get any money out of it, which is kind of ironic how that worked out for him. But it's official. We've kind of known that this guy was going to be the owner of the club, especially since it seemed that they were already going to be approved for it. But the UK government and the English Premier League has officially approved the ownership of of Todd Bowley to Chelsea. So another American is is now uh, an owner of an English Premier League club. So yeah. Uh, so how do you how do you feel, Kelsey, <laughs> about the four point twenty five four point twenty five billion sale of Chelsea? I find this okay. So this whole thing is hilarious to begin with. We got to start back in twenty nineteen because that's when Bowley originally made an attempt to buy Chelsea for only three billion. And then Abramovich was like, no, that's not good enough. Well, I, I, I got to give some credit to Abramovich once this entire war in the Ukraine started. He was immediately like, yeah, okay, I'm going to step down. But like he's expecting to get money out of it. Obviously, after the $4.2 billion takeover now at this point in time, he gets nothing out of it. And in a way, it's kind of like justice is served. But at the same time, it's kind of a an interesting situation because now another American steps in and, and let's just say American management in, uh, in, in, in England hasn't been the most successful thing. It's, it's worked out for Liverpool and, and the Fenway group, but they're also half run by European soccer stake owners. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's based out of Fenway, you know, based out of Boston, but they're basically run, run, run by Europeans. And then all the rest of them that are run by American stakeholders, it's, it's not worked out too well for anybody. Um, look at Arsenal. You look at Tottenham. Um, just the, the top two, really. And uh, you see how well that's worked out for both of them uh, recently. Yeah, don't remind me. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, funny enough, speaking of Nottingham that we mentioned earlier, they're actually owned by an American as well. Yeah. Um, I believe Leeds. Isn't Leeds partly owned by an American now, too? And yeah, seems, it seems like everybody. I mean... Let's face it. A lot of Americans have seen the the excitement over the you know the the financial gain that they get from the English Premier League. Uh, not because I had a, if I had a billion, I'd I'd throw it at a at a Premier League team. Absolutely, I don't. Yeah. Me. So so we've had a lot of, a lot of people wanting to get some stake of of as, as far, funny enough. Uh, Serena Williams was even joining in a, a, a possible ownership group that was trying to get Chelsea, but it, no, it's given to Todd Bowley, the current part owner of the LA Dodgers, the LA Lakers. Uh, other LA, LA teams, the LA Sparks. So, uh, and Cloud Nine, Cloud Nine. By the way, if you're an esport fan, and ideally a, a future sponsor of ours, DraftKings would be fantastic. 
Uh, but he's also part owner, or he is the owner of DraftKings as well. So yeah, and I mean he he's got all of his money from. He's got himself quite the ownership group as well. Um, in his in the mix, I believe another another part of the LA Dodgers ownership is also in there. Uh, the mm-hmm. the uh, ironically the Swiss uh, the Swiss owner the Swiss billionaire that uh that Abramovich was trying to give it to, um, as part of this ownership group. Um, I, I believe his name was Weiss. Uh, at the prime age of 82. And so it's just been a Hanjo Aguis. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Um, but yeah, it's just one thing. This is a good, well, one, obviously, you got to give relief for Chelsea. Now they can go back to selling jerseys, selling tickets. You know, now you don't have every team across Europe trying to go ahead and snatch their players. So I'm sure that, you know, they'll be willing to give up Lukaku. But yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's some relief now if you're a Chelsea fan. Yeah, like I, it's it's funny to me because they, you know, they they got Lukaku off that Inter Milan fire sale, um, and now look at the end of the day, they're like, oh well, crap, now we're we might have to mortgage our entire future, like our entire team that we just got, and it, it, you know, obviously now they don't have to, but yeah, I know it is. It's been very. This whole thing has been very interesting in the way that the war in Ukraine has has impacted the soccer world in a lot of ways. Um, there's been Russian players that completely get blackballed. And then there's been Russian players that are still playing. There's Ukrainian players that don't want to play and that have gone and fight on the front lines. There's been Ukrainian players who have stayed and played for their team. So it's like, it's a very interesting aspect in, in how this has worked, not just from the management level and the ownership level, but even down to like, even the, down to the players every day, like building a team for a lot of these organizations has been very interesting to watch. No, yeah, you can definitely see the impact of, of what it's come. Um, I mean, I believe Ukraine right now is still at an opportunity to make it to the World Cup uh, yeah. in Qatar. So, I mean, obviously, all eyes will be on them if they somehow find a way to get in there. I think they have to play first Scotland. And then if they beat Scotland, then have to go play Wales to see what happens there. But, I mean, yeah, the, the war has definitely impacted Chelsea financially big time because of Abramovich. But, you know, now they got that relief. They have an ownership group. They can go back to making sales. Um, I know that there's, you know, Rudiger's on his way to Real Madrid. There's, there's rumors that Christian Pulisic could be joining Juventus. Um, so there's a lot, of, lot, of, lot of rumors that are speculating right now. But, um, you know, obviously going with the fact that this is an American ownership group and we've seen the trends of what these guys do, which is they normally don't spend. I mean, you look at Stan Crockett, you look at Tottenham over previous years. Actually, we're going to talk about Tottenham in a, in a bit, but. Um, can Todd Bowley be a little bit different from the other owners that are coming from America? I I hope he can. And I think he has he has enough of the the background to be like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna open up my pocketbook. I feel like he has enough of the background to know that like you you only win in soccer by opening your pocketbook where in some other sports, you can play nickel, nickel and diming on your roster, but when it comes to soccer, I mean football, it's it is essentially a pay to play sport in a lot of ways, especially at a high level in the EPL. Like you have to, you have to have quality talent. So I, I, I do think he he has the support with the other owner, owners to be able to do it, and I just think I think he does have enough knowledge to be able to do it. I I just I just hope at the end of the day he doesn't look at Chelsea. 
as, you know, finishing not in the top two and be like, oh, well, I don't want to open my pocketbook. You know, that's 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 not how this needs to go. Yeah, definitely. I think you're in a good situation. You, you have a, a preloaded roster depending on what's going to happen this, uh, this transfer window. Um, you have arguably a really great manager in Tuchel. Um, and continues, I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, finishing in third place, even with all that has transpired this season and still finishing top three in a, in a, in a prime Champions League spot, you got to give props to Tuchel for that. But yeah, I think top bowling is definitely going into a really good situation with Chelsea. You know, there's not really much things you need to tweak other than the fact that there's just a lot of players that are going to probably be out the door. But when you're a club like Chelsea and have the the resources, at least that we're hoping, I mean, 4.25 billion sale, you hope that there's still some money, still some money in that bank account for, for transfers. But, um, but yeah, I think it, it's not necessarily the worst situation to be in. It's not like Stan Crockett taking over Arsenal when it was down its plummet. But yeah, I mean, hopefully we see a, an owner that cares. And I think that's the thing that you can say with how Tottenham fans feel about, about Tottenham, how Arsenal fans have said plenty of times, Stan Crockett, you've heard it plenty enough for me that these guys just, it just seems like they don't care. Um, hopefully top bowler can be a little bit different. And it's very ironic that this is all London teams that we're talking about here. So yeah, and there's, and there's the Manchester team, obviously United, um, still being owned by American owners as well. And that's an, you know, it is really, really weird that out of all the American owners in the in the EPL, the only one that's really worked out is the Fenway Group, and it, it just you just have to base it off of their stakes, like who has the stakeholders in the Fenway Group, and it's again, it's not American. <laughs> at the end of the day, like yeah, an American sits on the sits on the head, but below him is like five European soccer based stakeholders, and it's like okay, that that makes sense, but then everybody else is like the Gerber family, you know, like Kronike, and it's it's just a bunch of American football guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I hope it works. Honestly, I, I I want some competition for American owners. I want some. I want. I'm tired of getting harped on by European fans who hate American owners. It's just it sucks so bad because they're like it just reinforces the oh Americans don't understand soccer. Americans don't understand football. And, you know, it is the way they'll say. Yeah, it, does, it definitely it definitely hurts. It definitely hurts for sure. But we'll move on to the to uh, Tottenham, the other team in London. Um, who honestly, you know, surprised me is the fact that they're going to go ahead and give their guy Conte, who manages to get that fourth place spot, still hurts my feelings every single time I have to say that. Um, after was able to beat Arsenal uh, to secure that fourth place spot to get into a Champions League spot, but they're going to go ahead and give Conte a transfer budget of 150 million euros. If you guys want uh, the American translation for that, it's 185 million, um, which. Seems like a lot of money, but the way these transfers have been going out these like last few, these last few seasons, it that's that's a player. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you're lucky, two players that are, are you know just not fully fully blossomed yet. But one of the things that Conte has constantly been speaking out ever since he took over the club um, after firing Nuno Espiritu Santo, um, which is funny to think that that man won you know Premier League Manager of the Month. And then gets fired the, the following month. Um, but, you know, Conte comes in. He spoke, obviously, that the fact that this club just doesn't have the, the spend, the money to spend to go get players and transfer windows also doesn't help the fact that you're Tottenham. But there's some rumors <laughs> going on. Most likely that Paris is looking to come over to, to Tottenham. You know, they already brought in Kluveski over from, uh, from Juventus. Uh, and it just, you know, Los Celso looks really good in that midfield. So, I mean, 
maybe all they really do need is just one or two players to help improve this team. Um, but we also know Conte is not necessarily the, the best at sign at, do, at making some of the transfer signings. Um, but how do you feel? Can this money be enough to put Tondam over the top? I mean, look, I, I wish it was for another manager other than Conte. I wish they had done it for AVB. I wish they had done it for Nuno. I wish I, I wish they had done it for anyone, any one of those guys other than than Conte. I mean, this is he's just he is too hit or miss when it comes to the transfer window as far as guys that he finds that he's that are actually successful. And you know, the last time they had they opened their pocketbook, I could I have to think back to like two thousand nine, two thousand eight, back when they had like Berbatov and. Uh, KP Boateng, Kevin Prince Boateng, they had Gilberto, they had Fraser Campbell, Jermaine Defoe, Robbie Keane, Gareth Bell, Roman Pavlyuchenko, um, you know, all these dudes on this roster that were just like, now obviously you've, you, you, we all know who these guys are. And they had all these dudes on the roster that they had just bought during that, that time. And if I look at the roster today, there's maybe two guys that anybody even knows of that's not on their starting lineup. All yeah. the guys are just named off, by the way. They're all, they're, they were all reserves in 2008 for, for Tottenham. So we're not talking starters. We're talking reserves. And, like, there's not a single reserve on this Tottenham roster that I'm even, like, a little bit, like, excited for. So, yeah, there's 185 million, 186 million U.S. Man, you're going to have to, you're going to have to find some gems. And they're going to all have to be all be 18, 19, 20, 21. Or you're going to have to get some of these free transfers of guys that are in their thirties. Um, but I do, I, again, I just wish this wasn't, wasn't contact. I do think it's going to help, but Tottenham also has a lot of problems that they need to worry about beyond just that. I mean, how are you guys going to keep Hung Min Sung? Like mm-hmm. uh, this dude, we're talking about this dude being linked to, to, to Real Madrid, Barcelona, um, even to Bayern. Bayern's talking about maybe even coming down and Bayern doesn't just reach out for anybody. Their Bayern is what Barcelona was five to 10 years ago where they don't just reach out for anybody. Um, so, I mean, you look at this, and it's just like, how are you going to, first of all, how are you going to keep your starters? Uh, and secondly, with your $185 million, is that a cap? Is that a hard cap? Because if you sell somebody like a Kane or a, or a son and, and you get $100 million back, is it still going to be $185 million cap? Or are you going to be able to, can you apply some of that sell transfer to, uh, to, your, to your new roster? I don't I, yeah, this is this again. Again, it's 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 hard talking about Tottenham and not being like they should have done this a long time ago. They've been nickel and dying themselves too much now. I mean, they, there was a, a point during two years ago that you weren't even sure they were going to fill out a twenty-five man roster. You know, let alone even be able to make an impact. So I don't know. Tottenham is yeah, it's going to help, but I don't I don't know how much it'll help right now, especially the way you mentioned transfers are going now. You might get two quality players that are just full, not fully blossomed yet. Or one quality player that has fully blossomed at this point in time with 185 million. So, yeah, I think the fact that we are talking about Conte is just such a gamble of like, you know, because he, he did, I mean, besides Lukaku, I can't think of any other signing that was significant that came from Conte. And I don't know if that was really all Conte's work that got Lukaku. Um, but so I, I don't know. I, I mean, you have, you have Harry Kane, you have, uh, um, and some, which could be enticing for anybody that wants to come to the, come to the team. Um, but I think that there's still a lot of holes in, uh, in Tottenham that, you know, I don't think 185 million is really going to 
cover all that. And then you still need to get a bench. And yeah, you got the Champions League lure that, you know, okay, well, I'm going to be in a club that's going to be in the Champions League. I know that they're going to go all in for Weston McKinney. And honestly, that could be their downfall because, you know, Juventus ain't going to let him go for just anything. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting what happens with Tottenham. I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't work out for them. That's, that's my Arsenal fan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for you, it makes sense to not, not hope they, they, they don't work out. I like, I like equal balance. I like at least a little competitiveness when, you know, in the London teams and well. I don't want to compete. I don't want to watch them all compete for last place. That's just not fun. Yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> I just like, I like Tottenham being like the Africa of London. So <laughs> that's fair. All right. Fair enough. All right, I mean, man. This, so it, this is weird. Uh, yeah. Tottenham, man. It's not a good time to be a Tottenham fan. First of all, you still have a toilet bowl to play in. And yeah. that's actually first and last of all. Honestly, that's, that's all. Yeah, that's, that's, You're still playing in a toilet bowl. That's very true, man. But uh, moving on to a, a big rumor that's been speculating around, um, and that is Messi possibly going to Miami. It's been, a, a, you know, which it kind of all makes sense. Messi's going into his final year with PSG. Um, the most un, un, like, uninspired, most uninspiring look in his face when they, when he lifted the PSG, well, when he went, lifted the League on trophy. Um, just didn't seem to care that he was there. Honestly, looked like looked like him when he won Player of the Year for the World Cup when he lost the World Cup final. Um, so it definitely gave me the same vibes. But yeah, he's going in, he's going into his last year with PSG, which obviously was only a two year contract. But the rumor seems to be that Messi will be going to Inter Miami uh, that that following summer. Um, and part of it is because he's expected to be part of the ownership group for Inter Miami, so he's going to have stake of the club. Um, he does have a, a good connection with David Beckham. And, it, you know, there's a lot of people saying that this rumor is very strong. You had Tim Howard go on the Pat McAfee show and said it's a very strong possibility of Messi going to Inter-Miami. Um, but before we talk about Inter-Miami and the MLS, is this the right move for Messi if he were to go to the MLS? This is the hardest one. Because, you know, Messi, honestly, up until Messi transferring to PSG, I still held, like up until the day he did the, their announcement, I was still just nah. He's a, he's a Barcelona player forever. Like you know, like that was just my mindset. Like he's a one club team uh, type of guy, and it even felt like even like he's like you mentioned it. He lived at the the Ligue 1 trophy with with PSG, and it was just like wow, I'm here lifting a trophy, and man, this is this is crap. Like he just did not look enjoy like he enjoyed his time at PSG, and and. In Paris, like you know that, like all the things of being in PSG, it just looked like he could care less about. And I, I don't know, I don't know if it changing and getting going to, to Miami would be would help with that. But I do. I think the move is right for Messi. No, do I think the move is right for the MLS? Absolutely. Bring a thirty at the time he will be thirty five next year. Bring a thirty five year old Messi who will still just absolutely make a fool out of anybody on, on an MLS pitch. And put butts in the seats. And then on top of that, as, as you mentioned, he's, you know, rumored to be part of the owner, ownership group for Inter. That's a, that's a whole other part that adds in draw. But, I mean, you you the MLS. You, it would be a great move for the MLS, but I don't think it's the right move for Messi. I don't know what the right move for Messi is, but I do have this sneaky suspicion that Argentina would be a great landing place for him. And I only say that because, man, he is just... 
I've never seen a guy lamented by his own home country the same way Messi is. Like Messi is just, they love him and hate him at the same time in a very weird dichotomy. And it's, I, I don't know. I think he wants to try to rebuild some of that relationship with his, with his native country in a way. Yeah, for me, I've always thought that him making a move to, to Noel's boys would be probably, you know, go back to his hometown, his roots. Um, but I think there's something enticing about Miami specifically. I'm, you know, you know, it's not LA. It's not, it's not New York. I think, you know, Messi has his own home and has a house in, in Miami. Um, so maybe he's kind of slowly been preparing himself for that possibility. You know, Messi's been rumored with Miami since the beginning, before even Miami became a, an MLS team. It's always been rumored that Messi was going to go there. Um, you know, I think at this point he's just kind of riding the wave of of his, you know, kind of near the end of his of his career. Um, you, you know, you've seen it kind of with PSG. You know, the heart's just not in there anymore. Even though, like, la- the you know his last season with with Barcelona wasn't the greatest season for him, but you saw him put, you know, basically carry that team to at least a a, a Champions League spot. Um, but I, you know, more and more, you know, one of the one of the quotes that I've always remembered from Messi was when they asked him, "When do you think you would leave the game?" And I think he's always, and he's always said like, "When the game is no longer fun for him, he that's when he feels that that would be his time to go." And I, I think that's what's happening right now. I don't think he has, I don't think he's having fun right now. I don't think he's had fun at PSG. Um, I think that I think that was always such a weird situation for him. But the reality was that that's the only team that can afford him. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and so he just went there. I think he just literally just like, okay, let's go. And went to PSG. Um, I think his connection with David Beckham could help. Um, I don't, I don't think Gonzalo Iguain would, maybe he makes a deal that where Gonzalo Iguain has to leave. Um, cause I don't know if he wants to be with the guy that cost him so many world cups, <laughs> but. <laughs> actually, I mean, actually, I, I believe, aren't those two actually really good friends? If I'm not mistaken, Gonzalo and and Messi, I I feel like I've seen somewhere that they 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 are good friends. Okay, so well, despite despite all of that, like it's like one of those despite all of this, like they're still good friends. So I mean, there you go. You have that connection as well. If Gonzalo Gawain will still be there with with Inter Miami, um, potential but, Ronaldo reunion. I mean, Ronaldo's. I mean, let's not forget Ronaldo's still being linked to go to Inter as well in the same year. Yeah. So, so maybe maybe the the two goats end up finishing it. And uh, now you got, you know, now speaking of the MLS side, obviously this makes the most sense for the MLS to go and pursue the, you know, argued be the, the best player to have ever played the game, period. Um, depending on how, which side you're on, whether you're Ronaldo or Messi or, or you're that guy that's just like, you know, they're both goats, but you know, no one wants to hear that. But, uh, thanks, man. <laughs> I like, I, it's hard. It's, it's like apples and oranges. It's like, it's like trying to compare Kobe and LeBron. One did it one way, one did it the other. One is so natural on the ball and messy, and one is a man. Me, me, he is the definition of what happens when you put in the hard work every single day is what you get with Ronaldo, whereas Messi, don't get me wrong, he puts in the hard work, but he is such a natural on the ball as well. Like, mm-hmm. you can see the natural gifted, giftedness to him, whereas Ronaldo is like a machine in just the fact he's man-made greatness, whereas Messi was always destined to be great, and then his hard work made him great, like... But he was always on that destiny for greatness. No, yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm on the same boat with you on that. But yeah, it make it makes the most sense for the MLS. You know, you're talking about 
there's going to be butts in the seats. Like people that don't even watch yeah. soccer are going to go because it's like, oh, Messi's going to be be there. So they're going to go to see Messi. Um, you can definitely say it's similar to when Pele chose to go to the, to the New York Cosmos. It's, it's almost that same exact situation. Probably a little bit more, more higher, higher up just because, you know, those were the early years of the NASL, which is, this is now the MLS going in now 25 plus years old now, uh, that the MLS is and, and Messi, you know, because of social media, Messi has become a bigger icon, if you will. Now, if you throw Ronaldo in there, that's just, that's just going to, I'm about to pay a thousand bucks to go see an inner Miami game, <laughs> but, and that's for the nosebleeds. And so yeah. like, there's no nosebleeds in that stadium. Let's be <laughs> honest. There's no nosebleeds. It's all beautiful in Miami. Yeah, I'm about to I'm about to go on ESPN Plus, and I mean it's it's all it looks like honestly Edward it looks like he's going to become an Inter Miami fan if this happens because it's like <laughs> a you got Messi playing for Inter Miami, and then B the announcer for the Miami games is Ray Hudson, so that's just that's just that's just the match made in heaven for us. That's honestly Edward's the reason why dream. I watch Inter Miami. Edward's wet dream right there. That's it, honestly the reason why I watch Inter Miami is because Ray Hudson is announcing the matches and it's 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 magisterial in all in all of its glory. So it, yeah, I mean it makes the most sense for the MLS to try the Lord Messi in. And I mean the you know let's be real, Miami does not have the money to give Messi what he wants, and that's why the ownership the own the stake of the ownership group is what is going to be that hey we'll pay you still pretty good money. Well. Make sure someone teaches Inter Miami what a designated player is supposed to be, and then, then you know, go give Messi his his money, and then give him his ownership stake. Um, but I think Messi would definitely ball in the MLS. I don't, I don't know if he'll. Now I don't know if it'll rejuvenate him, but I think him seeing people, I think it's going to become infectious to see everyone that is coming to see him play, seeing him like watching people fall in love with soccer. Hopefully, for the first time. Because of him, I think might help rejuvenate Messi in some way. Um, but you know what? It's near the end of his career. I know no one likes to hear it, but the MLS is still going to be that retirement league until until they can develop some good talent. Um, well, develop more talent. Something other than goalkeepers, preferably. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> we've sent, we've sent enough goalkeepers over the last twenty year, twenty five years to the EPL. Like we need to send send more players than just goalkeepers at this point in time. Speaking of goalkeeper, Slanina going to possibly going to Real Madrid is the rumor. So. Yeah. But no, so I just want to I do have I do have to go back to this messy thing though, because there's a part of this whole thing with MLS that we're all overlooking, and that is their allocate allocation system. And here's the problem with the messy to inter Miami is it's it, it's not a guaranteed thing with the allocation system because everybody who puts a discovery team discovery claim in there gets put into a lottery essentially and then it gets rolled around and pulled out. Now, with that said, if I'm the MLS, I don't care about the lottery system. I'm like, copy paste. You're going to enter Miami, like uh, you know what? That's just how this is going to have to work. Sebastian Javinko to Toronto type of thing, um, or Donovan or, uh, Land, or uh, David Beckham to LA type of a situation. Like I'm going to make it happen if I'm the MLS, but it does have to be stated that that could be a concern. I also want to go back to the point you made where he's like, maybe he falls back in love with it. David Beckham had had an interview when he first came in, came in the league where he was like, you know, I was honestly not feeling, feeling great. Um, you know, there were times I just wasn't having fun playing football. And then like six months into his LA, LA times, he, he's like, this is amazing. I love it. I love every time I go to a new stadium, 
that there's a new group of fans coming out just to watch me play and coming out and, and telling me that they're playing football for, for, for me. And like, that's, I could totally see that happening with Messi and that being a thing. Um, and, and for the, and, and that's what works for the best. I mean, that's why Beckham went back to play at the AC Milan. That's why he went to PSG uh, in those transfer windows. That's why he went and played those extra games. I know he was still trying to make it back in the England squad, but that's what led him to give that extra try to go back into the England squad was he was finally rejuvenated to the point of like, yeah, I can, I can have fun with this game still. So I do want to point that out. That is something that has worked in the past for a, a guy of his stature caliber wise, like as far as famedom goes, and then Messi's on a whole nother caliber of fame. So that could be even more infectious as you would put it. Yeah. I think, I think as far as the MLS, I, like the thing is for Messi, you know, it's wherever is going to make him happy. Whether it will be go, going back to his home, his home country of, of Argentina, or maybe really giving Miami a shot and seeing if, if he he if he is going to be the thing that makes everybody want to watch the MLS. Um, and it's honestly a big possibility that it is going to be that reason is him. And if you throw in Cristiano Ronaldo in that mix, just just sorry, R.I.P. to the NFL, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Look, right. hey, well. well you know, at this point in time, the MLS is already beating MLB for uh, TV ratings, so it's a possibility. I mean, now, I say that, and then there you have the USFL coming out here and beating everybody in the spring for ratings, but that's first season type of situation, so maybe that, you know, the, and that gives the MLS a chance to, like, all right, now we need to up our game now because now we're not just battling the MLB. Now we have another football league plus hockey plus NBA finals, like, MLS was beating all those guys, and now they're in second. And now it's like, all right, well, let's get back in top. Like mm-hmm. this is a this is the perfect situation that they could could levy in their 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 favor. Yeah, so I can't I can't wait to hear when it's official. Obviously, rumors are rumors, but when it is officially going to be a thing, I think everyone's going to lose their stuff. Everyone's going to go buy himself a Lionel Messi jersey. Uh, I, make, along- I need to make I, I need to make better home jerseys. I need you to use the pink and black jersey to your design. To 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 your favor, like I need a Miami. Ba- I need a Miami Vice style jersey, man. Like the fact that they didn't come out with a Miami Vice style jersey is is disappointing to me. Um, Something by now, yeah. So I need to see that. But all right, we're gonna go ahead and go into our debate topic. The debate topic is brought to you by the Insert Name FC Clothing Store by our good friends at Bonfire. So go ahead and check it out. Yeah, the designs are kind of limited right now, but. Uh, hopefully we could be more graphic design savvier and then we'll come up with some better uh, t-shirt designs. But go ahead and check it out. Uh, once again, thank you, Bonfire, for being our, our clothing store provider. But so in the Champions League final, we're not going to talk about what happened in the Champions League final, but what happened before the Champions League final. Well, before, before what happened in the Champions League final, because we, Jesus Christ, that was bad. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But um, Camila Cabello, if you guys didn't know, well, if you guys don't know who Camila Cabello is, uh, she's a singer. Um, Shame on you for not knowing who she is, first of all. Secondly. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. But yeah, so she was she was actually, because of the partnership with Pepsi, they were going to do a pregame show, which honestly, I kind of just learned that that's, that's been a thing. Usually by the time I'm watching, like as soon as I put the TV on, the final's just going. So I've never watched the, the pregame show. Um so I found out that Kim Cabello was the performer there. I mean, they've been you know pushing it on social media that she was going to do the this, the little pregame concert, which um, 
take it for what you want. I think I think it was kind of unnecessary, but hey, you know what? Like that check, Camila. But she ended up not liking the reception she got at the stadium. And mainly it's because as she was performing during her, her set, um, the Real Madrid fans and the Liverpool fans were actually singing their club anthems, their club songs um, over her performance, uh, which is funny to think that uh, a half, half, like a whole stadium can overpower audio. So, so that happened. She went to, she went to Twitter. She actually deleted the tweet, but she went to Twitter, uh, showing her frustration. Um, I know some people were saying that she got booed. I don't think she got booed. I just think people were just singing over her. So it's a little bit different, but I think, frankly, I think overall just having a pregame, a pregame concert before the Champions League and maybe it's a little bit much, but you know what? Hey, Pepsi wanted, Pepsi probably wanted to do this and Champions League was like, well, you're giving us all this money, so we might as well let you. So, but yeah, how do you feel? Should, uh, should does Camila Cabello have every right to be mad about this? Yes and no, but she's re- she's mad at the wrong reason. She should not be mad at the fans. First of all, she should be mad at UEFA and Pepsi for timing this to the fact that she is playing before they walk out, right before they walk out on the field. She should be playing either at half. Or 30 minutes before kickoff. And the reason I say 30 minutes is that's after their warm-ups and before they walk out. She played six minutes before they walked out. And that's after a 30-minute delay. All right. I'm already... Uh, first of all, let's, uh, I'm not going to get into the delay part of it. I'm just going to go ahead and say, if I'm the fans, I've been waiting 30 minutes for kickoff that was promised me, promised to me 30 minutes ago. And then it got pushed back 30 minutes and then, you know, the reasons behind that we'll get to later. But I'm already restless. Then you have the fans that got in late. Now they have to watch and listen to this that they don't care about. Like, soccer, European soccer fans, this is not the Super Bowl. They don't care about a Justin Timberlake playing at halftime. They don't care about, I'm sorry, Camila, Camila Cabello playing before the game. Like, And then on top of that, it's not like it's Shakira. It's not like it is any one of these singers who have created an anthem for a World Cup who perform at the World Cup opening ceremonies. It's nothing like that. Like, Camila Cabello did not create a song that was an anthem for this year's Champions League either. So there's, like, there's no songs for these fans to tie into that they really know unless they, unless they listen to her music. And the vast majority of soccer fans aren't the vast majority of pop listeners. That's just not how that works out, usually. And, uh, yeah, man, it's... Like, yes, she has the right to be mad. That's, you know, there should be a little respect given, blah, 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 blah. But you don't be mad at the fans. The fans are there for one reason, one reason only. That's to watch the teams play. You got to be mad at the, the the providers of the event, which is UEFA and that's Pepsi. Those two have just, UEFA did enough to botch this by themselves. But Pepsi also, you don't time it that way. And you don't, like, you can't set your, you can't set your talent up for that type of failure. And then to your point about the sound, Every sound engineer out there is like, how do you not play her music? How do you not play her music loud enough to drown that out? Because I, I mean, you heard it during the live play that they were singing over, they, they were singing their anthems over her, and I was just like, how is your sound engineer doing that bad of a job? It was, uh, it was almost as bad as a uh, Super Bowl Fifty when it was supposed to be Coldplay. That's the main, the the, yeah. the halftime show, but you could barely hear his mic. And weirdly enough, Bruno Mars and Beyonce had the better audio. 
because. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, and, and then she was auto tuned. Like it was not a good show. First of all, if I'm Camila Cabello, I would have just left it alone because it was not a good show for you, obviously as well. It was auto tuned to hell, and, and it just didn't sound good. I mean, really, that just you sounded drowned out beyond just the music. Like you just sounded like, yeah, it was there. Like I, if I'm her, I watch this under the rug. I take my money into the bank, and I'm just like counting my dollar bills and like, ah, well, yeah, they sung over me. Oh no, how terrible is this? As I make it rain on myself. But yeah, yeah, I think what was funny was uh so when when I was wa- when we were getting ready to watch the final, um, because they were like, oh, you know, Camila Cabello's gonna perform. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, I I really don't know many of her songs. I know Havana and and then this one guy's like, what about Senorita? And I'm like, well, that's not her song. I think that's her boyfriend's song, uh, Shawn Mendes. I was like, that's his song. I don't. Why would she? Why would she play that song? And then those were two songs that were featured in in the set list, which I was. I was like, wow, did not, does she not have anything relevant? Because um, I think those songs are pretty old now. Um, at least yeah, yeah, in, a couple in years, the music. Yeah, like three to four years old at this point in time. Or two to three in years the old. music world, that's like, it's like I, you know, up to date yourself. So it was, it was um, honestly, like a lot of it was really awkward with Camila Cabello because I remember, they, like, you know, Pepsi was doing all this like social media stuff with Camila. And like, it was very funny was having her talk to Peter Crouch about the, about doing the robot. And, and, and it was, it just looked awkward. Like she didn't know what to say and, and he didn't know what to say either. It's, it, it just felt, seemed it awkward. It felt very forced. Like very, like, it's like, hey, we're going to take wine or we're going to take vinegar and we're going to take water and we're going to just combine them and make it work. Like it's, we're just going to shake it up and watch the bubbles form. Like, no, that's not how it works, guys. They don't just mix that way. They separate pretty clearly. And I, this is one of those cases. It's just, it was bad. Um, and again, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that she didn't have a song that was an anthem. Like, look at Sha- when Shakira did it for Pepsi back in the world uh, in the Brazil World Cup in 2014. She was welcomed by the crowd. They sang along with her. Everybody knew that anthem. I mean, the players that were in interviews with her and, and stuff beforehand, all it was very congenial. It was very clear. It was very smooth flowing. This was just like it is just like hey. We have the superstar. We have to put somebody out there. Hey, you're gonna go do it. Like, we're gonna force this upon the world. And then, and, and everybody was just like, oh, well, okay, why not? We got nothing better to do. It's just, we're coming out of COVID, so yeah, that's sure. Let's do it. No, yeah, I think it was very awkward. And yeah, I think I think Camila should be mad. I, I think mainly more more so at Pepsi. The fans are gonna be the fans. Uh, I think it's culturally what it is when the players walk the field. You want to start singing your your club your club songs and. And, and you know Camila's not letting you do that, but uh, I don't think the fans are like, oh, you need to be more respectful to her. I mean, it's just, it, it, yeah, like like Kelsey has said, this isn't the Super Bowl. We don't, we, you know, I've never, I, I've never, like, I didn't even know that this was a thing. To be honest, that they yeah. do like a pregame concert. So, and then obviously contextually of what happened before, you know, when fans were trying to enter the stadium, was also a whole. I think another reason why maybe the fans kind of didn't care, but um. Yeah, she has every right to be mad. I just don't think she should be mad at the fans. I think Pepsi set her up for failure big time. Um, just overall, uh, they tried to promote it, but um, it was not really that good of a promotion in, in its own right. But hey, man, it's gonna be it's posted right now on social media at Instagram and Twitter at Instagram name of C. Go ahead and share your thoughts on that post, and uh, and you know if you guys have a good idea for a debate topic that we could use for the future, go ahead and share it there as well. And if we like it, we'll give you a shout out. And uh, on not only on on the on the episode, but even on social media, you can even have like a weird ass, you know, username like, you know, 
baby dog 69 and out we'll we'll still give you the shout out i mean it, it'll still happen so hey, we're, we're we're belly up for a reason right yeah yeah that's <laughs> that's that's how it works man so we're going to go ahead and take a break and then we'll get going with uh the recaps of a bunch of finals yo edward i'm digging that jersey where did you get it thanks i got it at fanatics.com what's fanatics Fanatics is your one-stop shop of all things sports. You can get the gear of all your favorite teams. Even NASCAR? Even NASCAR. If you shop using our link, not only will you be getting swagged out, but you will also be supporting Insert Name FC and the Unhinged Sports Network. Nice. I'm going to start shopping now. All right. And we're back. All right. We're going to kick things off with the recap of the Liga Mekis final. Um, I, I can't believe that this club after going years without winning a, a, a trophy, has done something that you don't see very often in Liga Mekis and winning the Apertura and Clausura back-to-back year, uh, back-to-back seasons. Um, I listened to Bini Pachuca three to two on aggregate to to win it, and in the first leg, Atlas beat them two to nothing, which is what you want a big, you know, you want to have a strong lead, especially when in the second leg you're going into Pachuca, you're going to go ahead and play them at their home stadium. Liga Mekis is weird. I know that the fact that they do these two leg finals is is still kind of baffling to me, but they they do it. Um, but you know, Pachuca being the best team this this whole this whole Clausura season. As a matter of fact, it's so funny to think that Edward just looked at this looked at the teams that didn't make the playoffs for the Apertura and and just picked Pachuca that they were going to make the playoffs at least, and then somehow they found the, their way to the final. Not only that, but finished in first place. Which Edward, I asked him, were you actually seriously <laughs> believing Pachuca? He's like, no, <laughs> literally just picked them. So, which maybe he should do that a little bit better. Should that should do that a little bit more often instead of believing that I Timo Werner is going to score five goals. Whatever, in game. whatever um, does not get him to pick Timo Werner <laughs> scoring five goals is, is a great choice. <laughs> but yeah, so and uh, so Pachuca, even though they won the second leg. Because Atlas was able to score that that one extra goal, puts them over the top to go ahead and complete the sweep with the Apertura and Clausura, which is a very hard thing to do. And now that is the third Liga MX trophy that Atlas now has. But what a crazy year for Atlas! Obviously, what happened at Querétaro, where which is still mm-hmm. shocking that that happened this year. Um, but for them to go through all that, going years without winning a trophy, and now they've won two within. Within the within yeah. six months, no, look, and, and the way they did it, obviously VAR, yeah, unfortunately making its way into 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 play here in the in that second leg, obviously giving the penalty on a handball um, for Daniel Aceves and um, a, a, a striker in, in Julio Furch who had not scored in either leg is like, hey, I got this. You know what? Let me step up and and put and, and give us a goal and to get at halftime, which gave him that extra goal in the second leg to to, to break the aggregate tie, but. Man, that's first of all, you barely survived Tigres to get to the finals, and then now you get to the finals and you 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 win the first leg, and then second leg you give up two goals like that, and it's like, oh crap, what are we gonna do now? And uh, manage to keep yourself alive, and not just keep yourself alive, but score a goal. That was look fantastic on them. Um, team that you know, you mentioned it, just such a struggle to get to get trophies. Now they have two in as many months, so not a bad not a bad situation. Yeah, so amazing, amazing way for them to recap their year. Um, 
<clears throat> I believe they called them the the super campeon, which is super champion, um, because they want both the Apertura and Clausura. So unless they're gonna have Atlas play against Atlas to see who's the super champ, I don't know what they're gonna do. I, I think for, like, as far uh, as that like goes, EPL but play the second no, place congratulations on from one of them. <laughs> Maybe I mean it's either, it's either Pachuca or Leon, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But maybe they'll have them play against each other. It's like hey, they got nothing to prove. But yeah, congratulations to Atlas for winning uh, for winning Liga Mekis to do the, the full sweep. That's just impressive. But we're gonna go ahead and and go into the UEFA Europa Conference League, which happened actually this past week. I'm I'm still don't know why the Europa League was. Played first before the Conference League final, but hey, I'm not a wafer. I don't need to. I don't need to be oh, explaining Lord. myself this, or anything. This, you, you know what? You wait. I, yeah, okay. I'll leave that. I'll leave that comment alone. I have a lot to say about UEFA right now. But yeah, so, <laughs> but yeah, UEFA ends up having the Conference League final, the first ever Europa Conference League uh, to have ever happen. If you guys forgot about it, it's okay. We did too, but. Roma beat Feyenoord one to nothing. Feyenoord has sixty-seven percent of the possession. Feyenoord also outshot Roma thirteen to nine, five to three on shots on target as well. But for Roma, Nicolo Zanillo scores a winning goal at the thirty-second mark, and this is actually Roma's first away for Europa Conference League. Not only that, but their first European trophy in sixty years. And uh, we got to talk. I mean, obviously it's Roma. We got to talk about the special one, Jose Mourinho becomes not only the first manager to win the Europa, the Europa Conference League, but the only manager to win the Europa Conference League, the Europa League, and the Champions League, which, to be fair, I don't... As a troll of, of Jose Mourinho, no one's going to be able to accomplish this. It's, it's just, there's, there's no way. Unless, unless you start off with like a third-tier club and then you know, win the, the Conference League and then get, get promoted with a team that's in the Europa League, Win the Europa League and then win the Champions League. Like there's, there's but yeah. you gotta think about it. Jose Mourinho trickled down. Like he won the Champions League, then won the Europa League, now won the Conference League. Uh, I don't know if there's any other manager that's gonna be able to actually say this in full confidence. They have accomplished this task, uh, but don't, Jose don't Mourinho on, did. Don't sleep on Rafa. Uh, Rafa honestly, this was gonna be a win-win. He he just has to wear the. He just has to win. He just has to win the oh, okay, Conference yeah. League, I believe. That's true. That's true. Um, is he with a club he, right is now? Is he the manager of Newcastle? No, no, that's never mind. Hold on. No, I, I'm not sure actually if he's in with a with club anymore. Maybe this is this is how he ends up winning the Conference League now. Is uh... oh no, that's right. Uh, he just he just was managing Everton before he got fired. Yeah. So no, he is not with a with a team. Yeah. Currently. But yeah. So the reason why like. To me, it was a win-win if Jose Mourinho were to win the Conference League or lose it. It was a win-win for me because had he lost this final, he would have gone and just berated and and really just shat on everything that is the Conference League, um, saying that it's a worthless trophy, things like that. But obviously, you want it to not actually mean something. But but yeah, man, Roma, the first ever Europa Conference League champion. <laughs> is underwhelmed is is that is, is that even I can't I don't know if I can just like if that's still giving too much credence to it. I feel like the Champions League is like the Carabao Cup. Like it doesn't really mean anything until unless you're one of those teams that just doesn't win anything, which I guess for Roma, I guess it makes it mean something, but it just doesn't 
I don't know. It feels very, very, very underwhelming, to say the least. Like I'm just, I'm I, like I'm looking at the pictures of of the the celebration and good for the Roma fans because obviously first trophy sixty years, yada yada yada. Lazio had seen success and they hadn't, but you know, it's. I yeah special the special one and and the special and the special one just it it takes a new meaning when you're when you're lifting a, a conference league trophy like it just something about it doesn't feel right it feels like feels like the C team of trophies really like you you're not good enough to fit this league you're not good enough to fit this league and instead of just taking you know taking your taking out going home and trying to get better you're complaining for a participation trophy and here it is. That's what it kind of feels like. It's a participation trophy for, for, for UEFA. It is exactly what it is. And, but the fact that Joseph Mourinho wins the first ever one is just, it's so gold. It's just gold. Like it, he is Jose Mourinho. Um, and he will, he will hang this on everybody. He's going he's to get, he's gonna get, a, get, a, get a huge contract. <laughs> the fact out of that he's won somehow. Hey guys, I led you to the first ever conference league title. Like with, Sunderland, would you like me to lead you to a conference league title? Maybe I'll give you a care about cup while I'm at it. Like, God, <laughs> it's just pure gold, man. I think just seeing, <laughs> and they're like, oh man, he's got three European titles. It's like, eh. and one's very old. One's very old. So I'm done. Like, oh man. So. Oh man, but yeah. Now the, the the Europa League, which I'm still baffled that it wasn't at least they haven't they didn't do the finals in periodic order, which well not periodic Residence. order, but I guess ranking by yeah. I guess in a tier. Um but yeah, the Europa League was actually done in the, the week before and but Anchine Frankfurt, you know, they've had an amazing season. Um they go ahead and Get get the upset on Barcelona, uh, and they end up beating Rangers, who looked really great going up to going into this final. Uh, but they end up going to penalties. They end up winning in penalties five to four. Rangers had fifty two percent of the possession. Frankfurt outshot uh, Rangers twenty two to fourteen, but Rangers did have the more shots on target with six to four. But unfortunately, going to penalties, and you would think a player of his quality, or at least what people assume is quality. Aaron Ramsey misses the, his only penalty, which is what cost them uh, the chance to win a trophy. And Frankfurt becomes wins their first European title in 42 years. But what uh, do you guys say about entering Frankfurt? I, think, is, I believe Timmy Chandler is still on that squad. Um, I, I don't know if he always plays anymore, but I do know yeah. he is still a squad player for him. So congratulations, American wins list another trophy. Um, even though I don't kind of, I still don't think a lot of Americans claim him anymore. As being an American player after his uh, poor the the the, the yeah, German yeah, American, uh, but no, yeah, it's um, like I, it's it's good for good for for Frankfurt. I, obviously, the, a team that you talk about the German league and, and of of teams that have probably had some of the most bad luck moments in the German league, the Bundesliga over the years. I feel like I, uh, Frankfurt is up there as far as just like. They can't catch a break, um, and 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 you know obviously to win a yeah, this, sure. look, this is not the conference league. You actually won something with the Europa League. That's good job. This is a trophy that it's kind of it, it, it molded itself into being the secondary trophy to the Champions League, but it was in its own right. It was the King's Cup, I believe, back in the day. 
before it became the Europa League. And so, like, it does mean something. This is not just a, a throwaway trophy. Like, congratulations um, on this one. And, and for Rangers, and especially Aaron Ramsey, a guy who was already facing a, a contract decision at the end of the year. Now he has this severance fee or whatever is hanging over his head for, for uh, um, Juventus. And now that he's, he goes back to Juventus after his, his loan spell um, at the Ebrox. It's, it's surprising, man. I got to say, I thought, I thought for sure he, he slots at home, but it kind of just sums up the way Aaron Ramsey's been playing since his, what, year off with ham, hamstring injuries two years ago. It's been, been pretty poor for him since then. And, um, yeah, kind of rough. I, I got to be honest that that it's, it's 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 of course on him that it falls, and you know he's already a Welsh international playing in Scotland, and it's like, man, talk about talk about tough breaks. Um, that I don't know if there's a bigger one. In it. Like Aaron Ramsey probably grew up potentially being a Rangers fan if he wasn't like a fan of one of the few Welsh teams that are actually good. Um, so he might have grown up being a Rangers fan, and for all we know, and that's just a heartbreaking situation. Yeah, you know, you you had to you had to concede to Celtic this year, and and now now you got now you, now you have, now you have this breaker. But I mean, you know, props to Rangers, man. Just one hell of a run that they that they got to make it to the final. But Frankfurt was just, yeah. I think, was just a better team I, overall. You know, they've had a great they have had a great season with the Bundesliga, and, and then you know you, you know you got all the confidence in the world after beating a, a Xavi led Barcelona team. So so I mean they. And, and funny enough, kind of caused Barcelona to go down afterwards because I believe this was like after that El Clasico throbbing that uh that Barcelona put on Real Madrid. Um, but yeah, no, but you know, props yeah. to Frankfurt, and I mean, props to Rangers. It was actually kind of a, a championship matchup between two teams who have kind of had their own really crappy last couple, last decade. It's, I think it's safe to say. I mean, Rangers went through. Um, uh, it's the uh, bankruptcy equivalent to equivalency in Europe, in Scotland, and they they worked their way back up from nothing into here they were in a Europa Champions League final, um, one penalty away from winning it, and unfortunately couldn't pull it off. Where on Frankfurt on the other side, they've been relegated twice in the de- last decade, gotten back up, and worked their way into a Europa champion. I mean, that's congratulations to both teams. It's it, that that the storylines from the teams themselves has been pretty fantastic. Exactly. All right, man. This is the the last final that we let gotta me, let me get my cover. The last my, game uh, of the season. <laughs> um. Yeah, and that is the Champions League final, man. Um. I, before we talk about the final, obviously, uh, you know what the hell away for with with just you know throwing tear gas at fans that had tickets. Uh, I don't, I didn't necessarily get all the information of what happened there, but um, that caused a delay. Um, I thought that something bad happened, but apparently it was just very poor security measures that, that were taking place. But, you know, so I feel for all the fans that were impacted from that one that caused the delay. And, um, but yeah, I, do you, do you do you have a little bit more info on, on yeah, what okay. exactly so happened before the, the match started? Okay, so UEFA's claim is still that there were fans, that is the fans' problems, because now they're claiming fake tickets were used to try to enter the match. Um, this is still, but 
this has been from a separate news source, been corroborated across a few separate news sources now, that the real problem was that there were gates that are usually open in the Stade de France, especially for uh, France games, France matches, that are usually open. They ended up closing those gates off, separating it to one side of the field, like the north side of the field and south side of the field, essentially. it's I don't know if that's the exact cardinal directions they are, but those are the only two sides that were open. So it led Liverpool supporters, which were coming from the opposite side, to have to walk around the stadium and ended up in bottlenecks because of the way the stadium set up and the way the walkway is. They were in a bottlenecks of security lines that were three or four separate lines with like one or two guards watching the lines. And that's not good enough. I mean, when you really look at that, that's for a huge situation where, you know, you see upwards, there were 100,000 people at the Liverpool fan. So so essentially UEFA treated this like Honestly, it was Astro World might have been Scott. better run than this. This was, this was pretty bad as far as like, and then you, you take into account the prices for these tickets. I mean, these pe- people are spending five, 6,000 pounds, which is like 6,500, 7,500 US dollars. And these, these, these people are, are traveling to get to Paris. Granted, it's not that far from Liverpool as far as, you know, travel distance goes. It's much like the, the travel time from, you know, New York City to Washington, D.C. On a, on, a, on a good day. But you still have to factor that in. And then, you, you know, then these guys are six hours. These guys are in line for six hours and don't even make it into the stadium until kickoff. Until Camila Cabello was finishing her song. Like... It, it was reckless. And then on top of that, you add in the fact that like, if I'm a fan and Jamie Carragher said this in the pregame show, and I actually kind of agree with him a lot on this is that you spend so much money and then you get told you're watching people get pepper sprayed in front of you. You're in a, basically a chicken coop, you know, side by side smashed up with people. We've all been in those situations where you're a sardine, you know, like a sardine can basically. And you know, they're like, Hey, uh, you might not make it in and you just paid $6,000 for a ticket. What do you do? I, like, I, I'm going to consider, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can get my big self up over the fence, but I'm going to consider at least trying to get somebody over the fence. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know. It's it's a situation where, <laughs> I, UEFA kind of dropped the ball on this though, uh, just by blaming it on the fans. Like they didn't, they took no responsibility whatsoever for this. And that's, that's, this is all on UEFA from, what I'm looking at, well, all the things that you've seen on social media, it seems to be UEFA, obviously being the one at fault, and then refusing to take take uh, ownership of it, and especially for a team like Liverpool, a guy that has the history of fan situations like this, um, for them to be involved in a situation like this again, and this time uh, it's not because of the fans; it is purely because of the way it was all set up. That's it's like in in its own right, it's. It's pretty disrespectful for UEFA to not take any of that into account and try to go immediately to blaming it on fans showing up late. Like most of these fans were in line for four to four to six hours. Mm. That's not that's not the case. But yeah, yeah, UEFA needs to definitely do better. I mean, it's the Champions League final. How do you, I know that there was you you had so much time to prepare for it because obviously you know because of what happened with the war in Russia, Russia was originally supposed to be the host of. Of the of the Champions League final, but you had all this time to prepare for it, uh, to do all the proper preparation for it, and that and that's yeah, that's on the way for so not really just not a good look for a way for just overall with what they did with Camila Cabello and now now how they had how they dealt with the fans 
but you know, talking about this final, man. So Real Madrid ends up beating Liverpool one to nothing. Uh, Liverpool, you know, honestly, oh, yeah. a very tightly contested game in my opinion. I think Liverpool definitely shows their quality of a team. They just couldn't, they just couldn't finish, make those big finishes that they should have had. And I think that's mainly more props to Thibaut Courtois than anything else. But Liverpool had fifty four percent of the possession. Liverpool outshot Real Madrid twenty four to four. And also led in odd shots on target with nine to two. All nine of those shots on target were were saved by Thibaut Courtois, by the way. But yeah, um, finishes one to nothing off a goal from Vinicius Jr. Um, which I gotta say, man, props to Valverde. You know, the guy's naturally a center midfielder, but Real Madrid, like, you know, like, oh, we need a right back. Mm-hmm. Valverde, can you play it? He says, sure. You know, we need we need a defensive midfielder this time. Valverde says, sure. We need a little bit more of an attack from you. He says, sure. How do you feel about playing on the wing? He says, sure, and gets the, gets the assist to score, to win the game. Uh, so props for Valverde on that one. But yeah, Real Madrid ends up securing their 14th Champions League, um, and remain undefeated in, in, uh, since the creation of the Champions League. They have been, they are now eight and zero in the final. Um, and, uh, Carlo Ancelotti becomes the only manager with four Champions League titles. But, uh, you know, what? I, I definitely will say, I think with, with Liverpool, a lot of those chances, had it been another day, could have easily, this could have gone easily Liverpool's way. Um, but how do you feel, man? That's three straight finals where, you know, Liverpool this just cannot score a goal and this in regular time. It's going to be different with Real Madrid. And this is the only reason I say that. Did you know, Liverpool has not beaten Real Madrid since the 2008 2009 uh, round of 16, where they won 5-0 on aggregate. Interesting fact about that. Wow. They have not, that is also the last time they have had a Spanish midfielder on their team when they play Real Madrid or any Spanish player when they play Real Madrid on their squad in the, in those games. And uh, I only point that out because since, since, since Xabi Alonso has left Liverpool to go to Real Madrid and then obviously ended his career with Bayern. Liverpool have not beaten Real Madrid in in Champions League play, at, at least as far as in Champions League play, as far as in a knockout round, they have not. And I don't, I don't even believe in match day they have. And it's an insane stat. So first of all, I knew that stat coming in. All right, and then on top of that, you're just like, man, like how are we? How are you going to stop Valverde, who is such a dynamic weapon, and and he's honestly maybe one of the unsung heroes of this game. I believe him and Casemiro. I believe in their own right had themselves a world class level game, and they're going to be not like you gave you gave Valverde credit, but as far as the the world goes, Valverde is not going to get the credit he deserves. He set up everything on that goal for Vinicius Junior. Vinicius Junior, honestly, if he had learned how to play his position, is not in the position to score that goal. <laughs> That's it goes back. Vinicius Junior, mm-hmm. yeah, he's had a great season, but like at the end of the day, if he actually is playing his position, he's not there to score that tap in. Uh, on the on the redirect, um, and that's kind of a weird thing to think about with that whole situation. Like he should have actually pulled back and been set up at the PK spot for a pass, but he wasn't there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, look, I think Casemiro uh, he obviously played a huge part in this as well. And then you you know yeah maybe on another day some of these shots go in nine shots stopped that were on target all by Courtois. That's not including the three off target that are bouncing off posts on the outside of the post, middle of the post, things like that. Um, yeah, it was, look, 
this is what this, this is just Liverpool at the end of the day. Uh, you know, you kind of you get the good and the bad with them, and it, and there's something about Real Madrid. You you know, you see that you see the crown on the on the ball, and you you go up against them, and you're just like, wow, this is the only team besides AC Milan that has more Champions League victories than us. Um, how does that? How does that resonate in the in the locker room? And it turns out that for some reason Liverpool is just not able to get over the ghost of Real Madrid right now. Um, I don't know how I don't I don't know how the whole Spanish player thing fits uh, into it, but I just thought that was an interesting stat that since two thousand eight two thousand nine when they had Xabi Alonso, uh, and, you know you gotta find something, man. Sometimes and like you know a lot of people thought I was crazy for saying that this is not in my opinion not. this is not the best Real Madrid team at least in recent years. You know. Uh, you look at that midfield. Even though that midfield, they've won five Champions League trophies with that with that midfield alone. But there's constantly being question marks about people talk about if Tony Cruz can still play. It, it, you know, Modric, how how much longer can he keep playing? You know, Casemiro being the younger one in that group, and he's and he just turned thirty. Um, but you know, the question would has always been when is Real Madrid going to move on for that midfield? And you know, you got guys like Kamavinga and, and Valverde that look to be part of that future in the midfield, but the way these guys have been playing, it just continues their form. Uh, who would have thought that David Alaba was the only signing that Real Madrid needed to make this past yeah, summer? Yeah. Um, you know, and and I will say props to that Real Madrid fan that had the PSG shirt with Mbappe and a zero on it. Um, I, you know, as, as if we're not petty about it, but no, just, uh, but overall, this just, there's just so many uncertainty with Real Madrid. Uh, that going into the season, that's why not many people even thought Real Madrid was even going to be in the final. Uh, you can hate on Jamie Carragher for all you want, but he wasn't. He wasn't very far off from it. It's just Real Madrid didn't make anything significantly, and apparently, just Vinicius finally finding his form with the team, and and Benzema basically carrying the team throughout in very crucial moments has been been the formula for this team. And, and I think it also goes to show you, man. You sometimes you just need a manager. That just puts the players in the right position, and that's what Carlo Ancelotti is, and that's the reason why he he now has oh, four oh, Champions absolutely. League titles. Like, as a Carlo Ancelotti, all credit to the man, the myth, legend that is Ancelotti. He has been long been a fantastic manager, and this is why. I mean, you look at what he did with Benzema. Benzema, who is an old man, and like let's be honest, he is an old man as far as as far as football terms go. He has never been a guy that a lot of people are just like, oh, what if we just give him a free role? What happens then? Well, Ancelotti did. Ancelotti thought about it. And he's like, you know what? Maybe if I give him the freedom to drop into space, maybe, and just roam about, maybe that'll open things up for, you know, you mentioned Valverde, who is adapting to playing midfield. Just give give Valverde the entire right side of the field and give Vinicius Jr. the entire left side of the field and see what happens. That's that's essentially what they did with Benzema dropping into that roam, roaming role. And it is fantastic to see what they've done. And you mentioned Mo, Mo, uh, Modric and, and Cruz as well. Fun fact for those guys, uh, Luka Modric uh, used to play Tottenham. I mentioned Tottenham in 2008, 2009. He was on that squad. Um, and, you know, ends up transferring to Real Madrid later on in his career. And then Tony Kroos, obviously a guy who's played well in Germany his entire career, transfers to, uh, or transfers to Real Madrid. And, and here he is playing efficiently for Real Madrid constantly. And it's just like, these guys, something happened when they came over and then Cristiano left that this a bunch of these old guys, old heads got together and were just kind of like, you know what? We're still world-class athletes. We don't need Cristiano to win. We don't need Sergio Ramos to win. Sure, it was nice having him. 
but we don't need him. Marcelo didn't even play in the final. He's the team captain, like the club captain, and he's not even playing in the finals. And, you know, you have Carvajal stepping up fantastically. Uh, you know, uh, Militao, I mean, goodness, talk about the way he stepped up and has been playing uh, for him as well. It's It's been, this Real Madrid team was a better team together than they would have been. Like their individual parts made up a better team together than they do on paper. Like it is, it is a fantastic watch to, to this Real Madrid team and, you know, take nothing against them. And obviously look, Liverpool made a lot of moves in, in attack, but it just goes to show you, if you get guys that know what they're doing and just play officially and you have a monster of a keeper in Tibio Courtois, who is just, uh, his, his adaptability on the fly is, is fantastic for a guy who is almost six foot seven, six foot eight, I believe. His, his ability to move his body and, and never get caught fully extended is a very interesting aspect. Because if you get caught fully extended as a keeper laying out, you're not able to get right back up. And you saw that little spurt at right before the end of, end of the first half where Liverpool had a bunch of chances back to back to back. And, and you had Courtois just stepping up and just knock, and just literally batting the ball away time after time at a time. And then obviously it ends up off the post. But yeah, it's credit to, credit to Madrid who, again... Out of, I think out of their 14, champion, 14 Champions League titles, this might be the worst team to win one, easily. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, you know, you were talking about, you're talking about uh, Marcel. Well, before you talk about Marcel, like Courtois, man, I mean, you know, I think, I think people, you know, you, you want, everybody's now wanting a goalkeeper that you can play, that can play off the backfield, kind of be able to play with his feet a little bit, have some sort of ball, you know, ball delivery. But I think, you know, we we can't we can't get enough talent. We can't get enough appreciation for the shot stoppers, the traditional shot stopping goalkeepers, and that's what, what Courtois is. He's he's just a pure shot stopper. May not I, I get nervous when I see him. You know when they pass the ball back to him sometimes, but you know, but there's still quality in, in being that shot stopper. And there's a reason why Real Madrid has had so many has has been so adamant about bringing Courtois over to Real Madrid. You know even even though they already had you know Kaylor Navas an established goalkeeper, but you know, just the opportunity to get a, you know such a lengthy shot stopper goalkeeper, and that I think obviously was the reason why they went and got him. Um, but yeah, Marcelo, man, I mean, to to see him lift his one his last trophy as a Real Madrid player because obviously he's he's not getting that contract extension. It's it looks very likely that he'll be if he if he chooses to retire, you know, one hell of a career. But if not, then you know any team is lucky to have a guy like Marcelo on their team because he he's just an amazing player. Um, and it's, it's just crazy to think that he's been able to accomplish all these things for Real Madrid. Um, you know, you'd be a liar to say you didn't tear up a little bit when you saw him lift that trophy because it was you know that's the last time you was see him in the white shirt. I can't. I can't um, but say what I a final! Because um, I, saw, I was already teary at that point. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. I, What's funny enough was I was actually going to watch this at home. And then my friend that's a, a Liverpool fan, we decided to go over to Pitch 25, which is the bar in Houston that's owned by uh, Brian Ching. Uh, so we decided to go there. And uh, yeah, I, I ended up, obviously, that's the reason why I, my voice is, is the way it is right now. But it, is just, it was just such an experience. And, and obviously, it's different when you watch it with other Real Madrid fans. And, and it's funny, like, I know, I, I didn't know anybody in there. But... But like the fact that we we're all, but we're all wearing the same shirt in that moment, we we all felt it. So I mean, I think if you if anybody wants to understand what soccer really means, you know, you're talking about guys that have never been into the Bernabeu. At least I would assume so, especially here in the U.S. 
But like people that have never even stepped foot into the Bernabeus, some people probably don't even speak Spanish, you know, and, and, and they win this Real Madrid just having one of the most historical runs, uh, you know, obviously. And it, it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, you have Ancelotti who won his first trophy with Real Madrid, which was the 10th trophy, the, the decima, the, you know, the significant trophy that Sergio Real Madrid has been Ramos trying Ramos. for for so many years. So it, yeah, the Sergio Ramos round. <laughs> and now, you know, fast forward it, Real Madrid have just won their 14th trophy. And, and so it's a, it's one of those moments that, you know, it, you're proud of your club and, and, you know, maybe because maybe it is the Champions League feeling that, you know, you feel like your club can just do it. And so, yeah, Real Madrid, they, you know, may not have had the, 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 the amount of opportunities that, that other clubs, at least I think Real Madrid had their game plan and, um, but they definitely didn't take many shots, but you got to give props to that back line, props to that midfield because, uh, they 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 made sure that Liverpool wasn't gonna put one in the yeah, back they, of the net, especially with Courtois in the six back. Six quality attackers so, coming right. at him. Six world class attack. Five. Well, sorry, sorry. Five world class strikers that are coming at him constantly. And obviously, Sadio Mane hasn't had the fantastic season that you'd expect. But Luis Diaz, uh, Diego Yota, obviously Mohamed Salah had a fantastic season as well. Uh, Firmino coming at him from different angles. Thiago putting it together. Like, there was a lot of aspects that you're like, wow, they could easily pick apart this this Real Madrid defense. But the Real Madrid defense, first of all, again, David Alaba playing center back still blows my mind to this day because this guy used to play right wing early in his career. He moved to right mid, and then he moved to right back. And then they're like, you know what? Hey, uh, let's, let's just slide you to center back because why not? Like, that's just what we're going to do. And, man, helps. It literally, he wins a... Champions League trophy, another Champions League trophy in his life because obviously Bayern he won one too, um, but wins another one as a as the starting center back for the squad and leading the leading that line with Militao. I mean, the, the, to keep the organization against speedy guys like Mane and and Salah and Luis Diaz and Diego Yota down the sidelines. I mean, you take Trent Alexander Arnold flying up the sideline and uh, Andy Robertson flying up the sideline. You know, you take all of that into account, and he led this line, and and they didn't break down at all. I mean, really, even the even the, the chances Liverpool had, those were like they were chances, but they weren't clear cut as much as like except for the I'd say except for that burst right before halftime, a lot of those chances weren't like the most clear cut chances in the world, and it was it was a fantastic watch, really. I mean, I joke that it was it was rough watch, obviously as a Liverpool fan, but from a stock from a pure like purist of the game, it was absolutely a fantastic thing to watch. Yeah, definitely a great game to watch, man. But we'll go ahead and, and wrap this uh, wrap this up with player. We'll go into our players of the week. So, Kelsey, well, before we get to you, we'll, we'll give Edward, we'll give uh, we'll announce Edward's player of the week because it's actually not, has nothing to do with the Champions League. Edward's player of the week is Brian Rodriguez, who scores the winning goal in LAFC's 3-2 win against San Jose. Uh, Brian Rodriguez, who's gotten some looks from Uruguay, so Great pick from Ever. Crazy that he, uh, on the occasion, ends up picking an MLS player. So this was one of those cases. Like maybe he just didn't want to pick anybody yeah. from Real Madrid. <laughs> so that was probably what his logic there. But yeah, I mean, uh, Kelsey, who's your, who's your player of the week? Uh, Tibio Pacquiao. Um, just look, he's the number one, the number one keeper on the on one of the no, the world's top teams, and and that's obviously his Belgium ties. But then on top of that, leading leading the leading the the line for Real Madrid from the back. I mean. How do you keep a clean sheet against 
24 plus shots, nine on target. Uh, that's that's in the likes of what Tim Howard did against Belgium as far as just outstanding goalkeeping performances. A perf- an absolutely perfect showing of young keepers, what you need to do at any point in time in any game uh, to keep a clean sheet. He just, he did it all fantastic to watch. Even did play the ball, play the ball with his feet a couple of times. So, you know, not totally heart, heart attack inducing, but uh, no, I give, give Courtois a lot of credit. He's in my eyes, he is the one, re- the number one reason why Liverpool did not pull out any goals in this Champions League final. Not for sure. Um, and then my player of the week, goes to the man who scored the goal, Vinicius Jr. I probably should have given it to Valverde, but I think, you know, Vinicius, you know, wanted to have that moment to step up big. And I think, you know, right place, right time. But, you know, still, I think, you know, did, you know, was definitely a big part of what Real Madrid has able to accomplish this season, his partnership with Benzema. But, you know, the young man finally gets his moment, scores the goal to to win win his team the Champions League. So you got to give it to Vinny. But, yeah, I think, all three are great. So congratulations to Courtois, Brian Rodriguez, and Vinicius Jr. for being our players of the week. All right, man. So we do have some games coming up this weekend. The CONCACAF Nations League is back in it. Um, some games to highlight from there is going to be Curacao versus Honduras. Um, Curacao is just an interesting country. They've gotten better every single time I've watched them in the in the CONCACAF uh, Gold Cup. And Honduras, I don't know what's going on. Maybe they can finally get their stuff together and and be that 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 country that will compete for the World Cup. It's well World Cup qualification at some point again. And yes, here's my bias on this one: El Salvador versus Granada. I mean, it's El Salvador. They better, they better be Granada. They have, have any hope to do anything <laughs> in the in the Nations League. Exactly, man. And in the UEFA Nations League, you got Belgium versus the Netherlands. I think that's gonna another Van yeah, Dyke uh, Courtois matchup. To watch honestly, from start to finish. Uh, France versus Denmark. Interesting. That's an interesting one. I think France will watch um, that, but that'll be an interesting one to watch. Yep. Uh, the team that couldn't make it into the World Cup, Italy taking on Germany. That's what it is. See if Italy can see if Italy can 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 uh, get rid of some of them demons, maybe. <laughs> um, and Portugal taking on Switzerland. Yeah. This does Portugal just not feel the same anymore to you? Like I feel like Ronaldo just feels like. It used nah. to feel so much fun to watch this team with, like, I, you know, Ronaldo and, and Charisma and all them. And now I just feel like Portugal is like, all right, well, yeah, they're there. They might even be a better team overall than before, but I just feel like I'm just not interested in watching a Portugal game anymore. Yeah, no, I get, I get, I get how you feel about that. And Sweden taking on Norway. Obviously, Norway, the reason why is because you want to see Erling Haaland and Martin Odegaard do their thing in, in, up there up top. See what see what could have been if you're an Arsenal fan. I don't know what, how anyone thought that was even possibly yeah, an option, but one. but yeah. Um, and then the other thing is the UEFA World Cup qualifier. Obviously, with what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, they had to postpone Ukraine's World Cup qualifier against yeah. uh, Scotland. So by the time I'm sure by the time that you know, obviously th- this episode drops, they would already will already know who won that one. And they'll see who takes on Wales, but this is the this is going to be the one that you find out who the U.S. is going to have in their group. So that's going to be the interesting thing from from that, in my opinion, because you know that's you know right now I feel very confident against so far who we have so far in the group, but you know say if we get 
Wait, is uh, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yes, the winner of yeah, yeah the winner of this trio of playoff games gets gets placed into uh, the, yep. the group with with USC. Yep. So yeah, if you're an English an English or a US men's national team fan, you definitely want to be watching this one because well, this this yeah. is the team that's going to be in your yeah. group. It's it's so. it's so interesting too. So that's Scotland, obviously. Factor. Hosting the Ukraine on on the first, and then uh, that's going to be a tough one because obviously Scotland, most of their players coming off of that Rangers loss, um, where versus the Ukraine, and and it's like you're already like, well, man, do I really want to beat a team that's already going through all this other stuff? But you know, I honestly, you got to put away that sympathy card um, in this situation, and you you got to just play the sport. Unfortunately, exactly. And uh, two friendlies to note, USA taking on Uruguay and Mexico going up against the team from Conobol that surprised everybody and went ahead and made it to the World Cup, Ecuador. So little little possible matchups for the, for the World Cup in the future. We'll see. But, you know, er, you know, now it's time to start looking at your groups and trying to find some similar uh, matchups no, so you can I get ready for the World John Cup. Brooks in my... U.S. Men's National Team squad, and I'm not seeing any John Brooks in my U.S. Men's National Team squad, and I am so disappointed week after week after week. Every every time Berhalter makes an announcement and there's not a John Brooks sighting. Because we need center backs. John Brooks is a proven center back. He has the experience. He scored a World Cup goal, and he is not getting team calls, and I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, this is not no one of those like the fact that I'm not a great Berhalter guy. That's just continuing. And Josie's artist continues to get. Uh, no, you know what? Nope, nope. I'll stop. Maybe no. Actually, no. Maybe I shouldn't because last time I harped on somebody was last season with Vinicius Junior in the Liverpool matchup in the knockout rounds, and then since that point, he's absolutely just skyrocketed his play. So maybe I need to complain about y- Josie's artist some more because evidently that's how this works. Oh, check out High Low Sports if you guys want to see that. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, so so that is the matchups to be looking forward to this weekend. We're going to go ahead and take one more break, and then we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. Hey, it's Hector. Yo, this is Edward. And, and we, we are, are Insert Name FC. Listen to us discuss news, recaps, and preview games from across the world of soccer. Catch us on UnhingedSN.com on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. We will see, see you there. there. All right, man. That's episode ninety-one. Um, I want to give a big thank you to Kelsey, man. Uh, comes up big, super sub. Gonna be insert name FC is super sub of the year. Uh, hey. can, we call, can we get can we get an award named after me? I know you guys already have the Roosevelt Award. Can we get a can we get a Kelsey Award? Super sub. The super sub award. We'll, we'll, we'll let you pick your the super sub of the year uh, for for our end of season uh, end of year episode, and the, it'll I need be you guys to get more super subs. We need more, more super subs. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, always thank Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey, um, this is your time to go ahead and, and put yourself out there, man. I mean, you already yeah, put so, yourself out there already as much as it is, but go ahead and keep doing it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've i cried live on air many a times, obviously. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, you guys can catch us, uh, catch me on, on Isla Sports, obviously. I'm one half of that duo with DJ, my co-host. We are live Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern times on bellyup.tv or live on our YouTube and Twitter pages. Uh, that night as well, Wednesday, 9 p.m. And again, that is Eastern time. Or you can find us, follow us on Twitter at high underscore low underscore sports, Instagram at high low sports, or you can find us on TikTok at high low sports or YouTube. Just follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, but then we are, all our rest of our episodes go live Thursday at 2 p.m. 
and you can catch us on Facebook and on any any platform you guys prefer to listen to. I uh, throw Facebook out there, even though they're getting rid of podcasts now. So still worth it. Worth it. Go check out. Um, yeah. So there, you know, there's still time. Sports and yeah, general sports. Just to go check us out there. Um, and then if you guys want to catch me talking soccer, I'm, I'll always jump on for uh, some insert name FC Super Sub Time at any point in time. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. But obviously, you can catch both of us on the Belly Up Podcast Network. So go ahead and check out their website, www.bellyupsports.com. Also, check out their Twitter at Belly Up Sports and at Belly Up Media. Um, if you guys want to know what's going on on Belly Up TV, which you'll see Kelsey's pretty face on there on occasion. So if you guys yeah. want, if you guys oh, want, actually, that reminds me, July second through fifth, I'll be I'll be part of the three teams that will be uh, giving you guys some. International croquet live calling. So I'll be part of the three teams, the three broadcast teams for that. So cannot wait for that as well. So if you guys check it out on bellyup.tv. So make sure you guys check it up. If you guys want to know, once again, follow them at Belly Up Media so you guys know when you'll see Kelsey covering croquet. So that's a that's new. But all right. Um obviously shout out to all of mystery. Yeah. Shout out to Alejandra Gomez and her company, AG Graphics. They created the Instant Name FC logo. We love the logo. I'm sure that's the reason why Kelsey uh, uh, discovered us was because our logo was pretty iconic. Um, you guys were my vote for logo of the year from day one. That's very true. So follow her on Instagram at a.g.graphics with an X. Once again, at a.g.graphics with an X. If you guys need a logo created, well, Alejandra is your girl. This is usually the part where everyone says, I love you, Alejandra, but. Um, Oh, Edward's not here. going to do it. I still don't know her, so I still don't want to just put her out in an awkward situation. All right, so Kelsey's considered. And of course, man, shout out to this guy. He does everything for us. Roosevelt Spencer, he's our producer. Um, yes, his name is Roosevelt. I, I know I call him Spencer a, a lot of times, but that's just because of the fact that me and him were both in the military together. But, you know, he makes our beats. He makes he makes our audio. He does all our singing bets, um, which I I just realized that his method is auto-tuning me to make me sound pretty decent. So... Which honestly is very fair. But um follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. If you guys need some beats done, well, Spencer is your guy. I highly recommend him. So once again, follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. But yeah, thank you so much for listening, man. Uh episode 91. Um, we'll give you guys an update on social media. Uh, if me and Edward are planning on taking a little break from from all this. Uh just just because we we we've been working like almost two years straight. So we might want to take like at least a little two week break before we go in to start covering the transfer window. Um, Head down to Miami and take a beach weekend is what I'm hearing. Yeah, possibly, man. Oh, you know what? We might we'll do one more episode because we got to talk about that uh, the Italy Argentina uh, Super Cup, whatever the hell they're doing. So oh yeah 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 yeah. So we'll we'll do one more episode and then we'll get we'll let you guys know if we're gonna go ahead and take a little a little two week break uh, just to just to clear our minds for a little bit. But yeah, so thanks for listening and catch us next week.
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 